Hello and welcome to Heal, Pray, Grow, a podcast that helps you heal from rejection, pray for peace, and grow in abundance. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? My name is Tanisha Johnson, aka TJ Self Care. I want to thank you so much for joining me today on this wonderful, wonderful podcast, our very first episode of Heal, Pray, Grow. Today we are going to be talking about why it is a str- why is it a struggle to put ourselves first. So I thought that this would be a really good opportunity just for me to first set the stage so I can kind of explain what codependency is. Um, Also share more information about me for those of you who may not follow me um, on any other social media platform. And also just to give you some information about, you know, why why you do certain things, why you notice certain behavior patterns, and how can we try to address those things. So for one, I just want to take some time to explain a little bit about me. So for those of you who may not know me, and even for those of you who do follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, um, or TikTok. Um, So I started this because I myself am a recovering codependent. Um, I have been codependent uh, pretty much my whole life, which we'll, we'll talk more about in this episode. And I really wanted to be able to heal from it and then support others in doing it. When I first found out that I was codependent, I had no idea what it was. All I knew is I was depressed. I didn't feel like getting out of the bed and I just didn't feel like doing anything. And that led me down um, a journey of really defining, you know, what it looks like to take care of myself. I had no idea how to take care of myself. I didn't even know where to start. And so I ended up uh, going to a therapist. Um, So me, myself, I am a social worker. I've been a social worker for, um, mm, yeah, almost about 20 years now. (laughs) Uh, I got into social work at a very young age of 18. um, And I went into it because I had a desire to help people. I didn't know in what capacity. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But over the course of, you know, my years of getting my bachelor's degree in human development and psychology, and then also get my master's degree in social work, I found myself just at a plateau in my life. And not even just um, like with my personal life, even with my career. And I couldn't understand it, but of course I had heard, you know, how good you know therapy is. I even had directed some of my clients to therapists. I did referrals for therapy, <laughs> so I knew that it was, you know, it was the next best step. I just didn't know how to embark on doing it. Um, so I went through a program called EAP, um, also known as Employee Assistance Program, at the job that I had at the time. Uh, mind you, this was like almost like eight years ago. Um, I went through that platform and they kind of gave me a referral for various uh, therapists and I had to scroll down a list and find one. 
when I found one, which was amazing. Um, I worked with her probably for about a year and I noticed that I still didn't feel better. And after coming to her, you know, talking to her about, hey, you know, I'm coming here, you know, like every two weeks, once a week sometimes, what exactly is wrong? Like what's causing my depression? She told me that it was caused by codependency and I was just kind of blown out of the water. You know, anytime I heard of codependency or enabling, these were always terms that I heard based on like alcohol addiction or drug addiction. Um, and so that's how I always viewed it. So I was really left confused and I asked her about it again. And I was like, well, how am I a codependent? Like, I, I don't understand. And so she started giving me all these behavior uh, behavior patterns, you know, that, uh, that codependents have. And, you know, she was like, well, Tanisha, one of the reasons why um, you always are tired and exhausted, I noticed, is because you're always talking about caregiving for people, whether it's your family or friends, um, and you really put yourself on this high um, platform to be able to perform, produce help people constantly, all these things. And I was just listening to her and I was like, what, what is she talking about? Like she has taken all this information from the last year and she thinks she knows my life. <laughs> um, now mind you, of course she knows my life, right? Cause I've been talking to her and you know, she is a, she is, she was, I should say, or is um, a licensed therapist. But for the most part, I was still left with pieces. I was still left with what does this mean for me? How do I move forward from now? And so I decided to really start to look into it more, you know, what it meant. And God literally just kept like throwing like little signs my way. And the same time that I'm finding out about codependency from my therapist, one of the um, one of my aunties at my church also was like, Tanisha, I found this great program. I think we should start it at the church. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. Because for one, I mean, she was my she's my auntie. I love her. And for two, I was like, you know, yeah, I'm game. I'm down. You know, because it's another avenue for me to help people, right? So of course I'm down. So we go, um, we go and we get trained on this curriculum. Um, so the curriculum or the program, I should say, is called Celebrate Recovery. Um, it's a Christian-based 12-step program to help people heal from any hurts or habits that is preventing us from getting closer to God and building a relationship with God. So we went and we got trained. And oh my God, when I looked at the steps, I was like, I need this too. And she was telling me, she was like, yeah, you know, um, I really think, you know, that a lot of people at our church may benefit from this. And the minister there was talking about the codependency. And I was listening to him and I was listening, you know, to my therapist. And I was like, okay, this is the direction that I need to go. So I embarked on a lot of journeys. I have went to codependency meetings, also known as CODA. I'll share more information about that at the end. I was doing a 12-step program at my church. 
you could not tell me that I was not out here doing my thing healing. (laughs) But there was so much that I learned along the way over the course of like five years. And I really wanted to use my platform to not only talk about codependency and share some information, but also talk about why it's so important for us to have that connection with ourselves and be in tune with ourselves when it comes to self-care. So that is a little blurb about me. I wanted to jump into talking about, you know, so let's get an understanding of why is it difficult to put ourselves first. So we have to understand that the origin of codependency and people pleasing is really rooted in our childhood experiences. Um, I wish that I could tell you it wasn't. I know for a lot of clients I have in my coaching program, that is very devastating news to them because, of course, all of us, you know, want to believe that our parents are amazing. Our parents did the best they could. You know, our childhood was great for the most part. A lot of times, like, we minimize our experiences because we know people who had um, harder lives than us or that had lives with more barriers than we did. But all of us, regardless of how difficult our life we think it may may or not have been, at the end of the day, you know, codependency is rooted in our childhood experiences. Um, So these are some events, you know, I want us to talk a little bit about some events that take place, you know, they kind of lead up to this. So events that lead to people developing codependent behavior patterns um, is one, having caregivers that cannot emotionally support us. So when we have caregivers who are truly, truly struggling to, you know, identify themselves, who they are, how they fit in the world, um, trying to calm them, them own selves down, um, they will start to lack, you know, the ability to be able to do that for their child. They may be more frustrated. They may be more angry. They may show more levels of, you know, just avoidance with their child, not really want to deal with the child when the child gets emotional. Having caregivers with mental health disorders or physical disabilities is a second. And the third is having caregivers who struggle with drug or alcohol addiction or domestic violence. So as you probably can tell, these are all serious, serious issues um, that could potentially affect a child. And what happens in codependency is the child after a while, starts to get the assumption that in order for them to survive, like listen to that word, please do not, please do not bypass that, what I'm saying. In order to survive, they have to find a way to support the caregiver and taking care of them. So what does this mean, you know, for us now as adults? You know, I want to share with you what this looks like now. So in a nutshell, our brains are wired to support others in order to gain love in relationships. That is something that we have embedded in our mind and our spirit. And it's very difficult for us to transition into thinking any differently. Um, We are emotionally or physically neglected by our parents as children. 
And we find alternative ways to get our needs met, either not asking our parents or asking very little. Okay, being very obedient out of fear of your parents' response. Typically, people who struggle with codependency or people pleasing, their caregivers are very critical over their over their life decisions or their failures, making it a very anxiety-driven uh, type of mindset that you may notice that you have now, even as an adult. So that mindset comes from the um, being under those conditions of your parent always criticizing you, you always wondering if I do this, what is this going to mean? If I do this, am I going to get in trouble? How is my parent going to respond? All these things are based on us growing up in those households where we were not truly able to fully be who we are supposed to be. And so because of that, as adults, this these behaviors that I just stated, it looks like us expecting relationships to be difficult and a, com and a combination of love and abuse. So we have normalized this behavior due to what we experienced as children. So if you think about what we just talked about, the list that I uh, went over of like, how do we fit in this category of codependency? All of those things that we talked about, having a caregiver who struggles with their mental health, who struggles to self-regulate themselves, who struggles to with their uh, physical disabilities, or who struggles with drug or alcohol addiction, their moods are going to be up and down, right? And so that is the reason why we have normalized the behavior, because that's all we know. So one thing that I want you to be mindful of is 80% of the brain, a human brain, grows between zero to six years old. They used to say zero to five years old. Now research is saying zero to six years old. And because of that, the things that we learn during those early you know, ages of our life are critical. They're critical. Anytime I talk to one of my clients, what I, the vision that I try to give you is imagine if you were, imagine if you were, um, you know, like laying a brick road, right? When they lay the brick roads, they put down, you know, the gravel, the dirt, the rocks, right? Um, the tar, you know, and then, you know, when that tar, you know, gets, uh, gets a little hard, you know, before it, before it's, uh, I guess, before it completely melts or whatever, right? I'm, I don't do that type of work. I don't know. But before it gets to a point of completely being hard, they draw the line, right? They draw the line. Once they draw the line, it's over. The line is there. There is no more trying to erase the line. There's no more trying to dig inside and put a little bit more rocks there. It's over, right? It, once they lay the tar down, it's over. That's how it is with the brain. The things that happen to us, the things that we experience from zero to five is equivalent to laying down that tar. It's a wrap. All you can do after five years old, six years old, is try to now change the way that the brain is already functioning. 
but our brains are like a machine. It is going to function the same way all the time. That's why we do the same things all the time. Repetition. That's what the brain is about. The brain is about repetition. This is how we know how to do it. So this is how we're going to continue to do it, right? Until something disrupts that pattern. And so because of that, we have to truly be mindful that codependency and people pleasing is not just about saying no and setting boundaries. That is a crucial part of it. But in order for us to truly heal, we have to gain an understanding of what this is all about and, and know where this problem lies. So another thing that we do, you know, as adults, um, believing you cannot ask for support, fearing being a burden on people or people assuming you are not competent. This also is another thing that stems from that first initial relationship with our caregiver, us not being able to come to them or feeling like if we come to them, we're going to be judged or we're going to be asked, well, how come you can't do it yourself? Or we're going to be pushed to the side as if our needs don't matter, right? We also have a tendency to get love bombed a lot. So love bombing is when somebody is just giving you every single thing that you've ever wanted. They're calling you all the time, whatever your love language is. For me, I, I love physical touch and I love quality time. So whatever your whatever your love language is, right? They are doing that 24-7 all the time. Just boom, 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 like explosions. And typically, this is what narcissistic people do. Narcissistic people tend to love bombers. They the goal is for us to just feel like they are so amazing that you know where have they been our entire life, right? <laughs> and this comes from friends, family members, and intimate partners as getting love bomb. Another thing that we see as we become adults is feeling like you can't walk away from an abusive relationship. The idea of you walking away indicates that you can't fix it, something's wrong, you're feeling like you're leaving this person, well, they really need me, I hate to do this to them because they really need me, and they have so much going on, I need to be there. If I'm not there to support them, who's going to support them, and all these crazy things that we say um, to ourselves. Right. And lastly, struggling to set boundaries and relationships, you know, um, now the boundary setting is probably the main reason that people come come to get support. Right. Um, I know in my coach, so I have a coaching, a 10 week coaching program that I created. And in my program, most of the time people are burned out. They are depleted. They are exhausted um, by the time that they come to me and fill out the application and say, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to get help. And so in order for us to truly acknowledge that this is serious, we have to know what we're working with. We have to know that the messages that we got as children, the things that we were um 
taught to do, told to do, um, the things that we experienced, um, we no longer can hold on to those things now. So yes, our parents, they meant well, they did the best they could, but now it's up to us. It's up to us to really say, how am I going to put myself first? You know, how am I going to now do those things? So the resources that I shared in the beginning, I wanted to talk more about. So CODA meetings, uh, if you go to CODA.org, it is an amazing organization where you can type in your zip code and find a CODA meeting um, within your local neighborhood. And what they do is they give you um, they give you the tools and they give you um, a new platform to be able to learn, okay, what really is life all about? Healing from codependency. I always encourage people, you know, to get the resource, get the information. Do not be afraid of the names. So I know many clients have told me, you know, the Tanisha, you know, the name codependency or or the or people pleasing. It just doesn't sit well with me. And trust me, if you have my book, you know it didn't sit well with me either. <laughs> I was like, I'm a what? What is that? Don't, nah, don't be giving me no labels. Like, I was livid, you guys. Um, but once I came to an understanding of what it was, I had to be honest and transparent with myself and say, you know what? I really do struggle with this. Um, I really do struggle to put myself first. And for me, you know, and maybe for some of you who are even listening right now, you know, I just really got to a breaking point. You know, the depression had weighed over me so much that I didn't even know what direction to take in my life. I didn't even know. Um, literally, I was struggling to even just physically get out of the bed. Like, that's how bad it was for me. And so from there, I really decided that I'm going to take. I decided that I had to really focus on me. I had to really say, OK, Tanisha, what are some things that you can do to heal from this? You know, yes, you're going to a therapist. I had even hired a coach to support me. But one thing that I needed is I needed someone to actually break down what's happening. And so that's why I wanted to do this for our first episode um, of Heal, Pray, Grow. I want to really break down why is it difficult? Because sometimes people struggle. You know, we go through these programs, we go to therapists, we listen to a million, you know, YouTube gurus, um, and all of those things are helpful. But the main thing that we need to understand is that this is really about us changing our mindset and us really taking a step back and saying, these are the things that have happened to me. This is how I've been abused. This is how I've been verbally abused, emotionally abused, God forbid, maybe even physically abused. The very thing that we are running from when we are codependent and people-pleasing is that abandonment. See, we people-please 
because the objective goal is by me being nice to people, they're going to see how amazing I am. They're going to see that I'm really a kind, sweet person that's deserving of love. And then essentially, we conclude that because of that, they're not going to leave me. I'll always have somebody. But what we fail to remember sometimes is that the rejection, the abandonment, is already happened. We already have been abandoned. We've already been rejected. So the mere thing that you are trying to avoid from happening, it's already happened. When your caregiver didn't help you with your homework that day, you were already abandoned. When nobody was there to tell you, have a good day, or nobody was there to console you when you had a bad day, you were already abandoned. If you had to support your parent that struggled with alcoholism or drug addiction, and you ended up taking care of your brothers and sisters or trying to find a way to feed yourself and maybe even feed your parent, you were already abandoned. If somebody told you that they didn't want to hear about your day because they have other stuff to do, they have to work, they have to do this, you were already rejected. And so we have to give ourselves grace to be able to really look at what we've gone through and say, I have already gone through so much. I've already given so much. And because of that, I deserve to put myself first. I'm no longer going to live under the messages that tell me if I am not supporting people, I am not a good person. I'm no longer going to live under the messages that tell me if I am not constantly spending every day of the minute trying to find ways to be there, nurture, guide, and love other people, then I'm never going to get love. Love is not something that we have to earn. Love is something that is given. You shouldn't feel like you have to do a hundred things in order for somebody to love you. People should love us based on who we are, not what we can do for them. And I really want you to remember that this week. I want you to put that in your spirit this week and carry it because it's something that is really, really important. And you just carrying that and knowing that is going to help you get to the next level of your healing. Before we end today, I want us to just say a little prayer and I want to give you a scripture that you can remember for the rest of this week. So this scripture is coming from Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is, this is a message from God, in my personal opinion, okay? God, the Bible is the love letter that God left for us. And as recovering, as a recovering codependent, and for you who may be listening to this, who struggle with codependency and people pleasing, I want you to know that I am definitely not trying to project my religious beliefs onto you, but I do want you to consider, you know, prayer in your in your journey of healing from codependency and people pleasing. 
I want you to consider building a relationship with God. Because for me, when I was trying to figure out, you know, what this codependency thing was all about, for a while, I even told myself that, well, I'm a Christian and God would want me to do this. And looking back on it, it's like, Tanisha, why would you why would you ever think that God wanted you to burn yourself out? And maybe for some of you who are who are listening to this, like, why would we think that God wants us to not live our own life and constantly help people? We shouldn't be helping people from like levels of exhaustion or feeling like we have to. We should be helping people based on us feeling good about ourselves, already taking care of ourselves, and giving this person the overflow, right? It's like if you you fill a cup of water up, you should not be giving that person all of the water inside of your cup. There should be something left for you. Some people even say you should give that person the overflow of the water in the cup. That's my theory. That's where I'm at. (laughs) Like, you don't even give them the cup. If the cup is not full, then you don't have no water to give anybody. You don't have energy. You don't have time. You don't have resources. So whatever you do to take care of yourself, that's what you should be doing on a consistent basis so that you can be there for other people. Because think about it, most of us generally do have a strong desire to, you know, support people and and be pillars of encouragement and love. But we can't do that if we're working from levels of exhaustion. That person's going to feel the energy. They're going to, you know, they're going to feel the shift and it's not going to feel sincere. So I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. Please share it out. I am trying to get my message out to more people. Also, be mindful of that scripture this week, Jeremiah 29, 11. Hold firm to that, knowing that whatever God has for you is going to happen. Do not be fearful of setting boundaries because God knows that it's difficult for us to say no and set boundaries. And yet and still... He has something waiting for us. So I just want to close us out with a word of prayer for today. And I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week and know that things will be better for you. So Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you so much for giving us this opportunity together. We pray that as this week goes on, we can lean not to our own understanding, but focus on you. We want to hold on to this scripture, Lord, knowing that the things that you have for us will come about in moments when we are discouraged, when people may be upset because we're setting boundaries, when we may start getting nervous about people's responses, we ask, Father God, that you come into our life and you remind us, you remind us that you have a life waiting for us, of people who love us, of people who can encourage us, of people who can pour into us, And Lord, help us to get more and more clear about the goals and the visions that we have while we're on our healing journey and help us to be able to find peace within ourselves, peace within your word, knowing that all things will come about. 
that abuse that originally happened to us, that rejection that originally happened to us, it will never happen again, not because we're creating barriers in life, Lord, but because we are setting healthy boundaries and we are putting you and ourselves first. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye.